Let me paint you a picture. Australia, once known as one of the safest and freest countries in the world. A land of spirit and ceremony. A land of opportunity where the hopeful came for a new start so their children could be free and prosperous. Where the battler had a chance and poor men made good. A land where you were free to explore your surroundings. A land with room to spread one's wings. A land of brotherhood, celebration and connection. A land where you came to visit and didn't want to leave. A land of privacy rights, medical rights, freedom of speech, freedom of movement, freedom to protest, freedom to worship, thanks to their sacrifice. But something happened. Today is the first full day of the New World Order. We've got to accept that this is the New World Order. The New World Order. And the Australia we once knew is no more. Lockdown 6 was announced on August 5. It is no longer the land of the young and free. It is now a land of division, blackmail, coercion, discrimination and medical apartheid. Get off of me! A land where movement, speech, religion and opinion are no longer free. Protesting is illegal. Police must enforce corrupt policies to keep their jobs. As I won't be a police officer after the end of this interview. Police shoot protesters in the back while they are running away. Doctors and nurses cannot speak. They will lose their license. I can't really talk about that. People have lost their jobs because they don't want the injection. Children are missing school and attempting suicide at a high rate. We need to show our papers to go shopping. If you want freedom, get the jab. We can't travel across state borders unless we apply for permission to. Members of parliament are censored and defamed. 100% of those studies, it's a conspiracy theory. Pregnant women are arrested for a social media post. Search warrant. Search warrant for what? Activists who fight for democracy are imprisoned. The moment you're under arrest for incitement. Our human rights are gone. Our human rights are gone. It's time that we take off the COVID blinkers and look at what's happened to our once great and free country. Australia can no longer fight for itself. We have been silenced, assaulted, blackmailed and psychologically damaged. We tried to fight this battle alone. The government has instilled so much fear that we have lost our vigour to fight. We are a broken nation and although we will never give up, we need your help to continue our fight. We need help from our international friends. We are seeking your support to apply political and economic pressure on our leaders to change the destructive path that we are on. That is why we are organising a worldwide protest with Australia excluded in support of our plight for freedom. This is an official SOS 
from my beautiful country, we plead with you to hear our cries for help. Let's rock. Monica, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the Chris Yule Journey podcast. I'm Chris Yule. I think the world knows who you are. I think you, f- <laughs> you first, uh, you came onto the international scene a few months back when you were arrested for incitement for none other than wanting to get people to assemble to talk about their rights, their freedom, stand for something that matters, human rights, right? Yeah, literally um, being an advocate for human rights is uh, considered a crime under the Daniel Andrews government. So, yeah. That's my crime. <laughs> exactly. Now, you are the face of Reignite Democracy. Um, do you want to just start off by telling us what that is about? Yeah, sure. Well, it started off just as a way for people to voice their concerns during lockdowns because, you know, no one could protest and I could feel the, the anger and the anxiety in people and they needed an outlet for that. So I started an online protest um, movement and it just kind of just flourished from there and it's become something that I had no idea it would become. Um, but basically what it does now is it just provides tools and resources. Uh, we have community groups all across the country. We have a business directory. Um, and obviously we're a really robust lobby group. So we lobby for good causes and good candidates and publish great content and things like that. That's amazing. It's really interesting that Wearies, I know you're not someone that has been politically active over the last few years until until recently. It seems like you're, you've had a lot of experience dealing with people. You're obviously... Uh, doing a great job running this uh, this d- democratic par- party, reignite democracy. I mean, where do you draw your experience from? What's kind of given you the fuel to to take on this challenge? Uh, well, I was always in sales, um, you know, from a young age of seventeen. So I guess my people skills come from from that. Uh, a lot of sales training and things like that. Um, I did really well in real estate, and I basically didn't work for three years um, from about. 20, uh, 29 to 32, and I traveled alone. Um, and I think that's what really gave me the empowerment. Um, you know, I really you know, found myself. It sounds cliche, but it's true. Um, and I realized that, you know, I wanted to do something purposeful in the world. Uh, I had no idea it would have anything to do with politics. Um, I didn't know anything about politics until COVID hit. And I think that's part of the problem. Uh, people like, probably you too and me, we just were enjoying our lives and we didn't care about politics until every four years when we had to vote for something and we'd just do a quick Google search or something or vote like our parents do. Um, and that's probably why we're in this position. So I think it's really great that people are starting to get more involved in politics like I have. But no, I don't know anything about it, which gives everyone the the idea that you can also get uh, learned on politics really quickly like I did. Absolutely. I think your situation is something that is applying to a lot of people around the world. They're finding that because of the just the the situation, the gravity of the situation, we're compelled to become politically active, regardless of whether or not you even consider yourself political. Everyone has an opinion on what is going on, and I don't think there could be any more controversial issue right now. And personally, I don't think it's controversial, but I want to I want to focus on this bill because we just had the protests over the weekend. One of the biggest protests I've ever seen. I mean, I was at the well, I, I actually didn't make it to the Black Lives Matter protest uh, last year, but I made sure I made it to th- this one because I think this bill is is going to affect all of us. It's not just about your. It's it, this this covers all Australians, and obviously, from a larger context, this could make its way over to other countries. This kind of legislation. So, let's talk about this bill. I've heard you say in a previous interview, I think, with Thanos that um you're you're concerned about this thing understandably you're someone that has you've been to jail you've dealt with a lot of difficulty 
So for you to say something like that, I think it shows the gravity of the situation. So why are you concerned about this bill and what does it entail for the future of Australia? Well, the bill is just very vague and it uses, it says that, you know, you can be detained based on your characteristics, attributes and circumstances. And it doesn't even explain what that is. So it could just be because you have blonde hair. It could be because you're Catholic or Muslim or black or white. Um, there's actually no parameters there. So it's very dangerous legislation just because of that. But also the fines for not complying with health directions are upwards of $90,000 for an individual and $109,000 for businesses. Um, and also the most concerning thing is that Daniel Andrews can call a pandemic for literally any reason at all. So if someone in Iceland um, has a sniffly nose, he could decide that it is too dangerous for Australian, for Victorians to, for example, vote in the next election. Um, he, he could basically lock us down for any reason at any time. Um, and to put all that power into one man's hands, it's just not smart for any democratic country or any country really. And we know what happens when one man has all the power. It's not good. So for me personally, this is very scary because I feel like I'm, you know, already on a pretty high list um, of people they want to get rid of because they've already tried, um, mm -hmm. you know. So for me, it's very concerning and I'm, I'm considering not being here anymore because of it. Yeah, well, it it's, 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 uh, it's great to hear you say that. You know, I've been going through the same uh, thought process. I mean, a lot of us have been on the front lines of what is going on. And I think this bill is really making what is going on inescapable to anyone. Now, mm. you, you mentioned a point there that the Premier will have the powers to essentially suspend elections. Because I know one of the things that you've been doing with Reunite Democracy, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've, te you've teamed up with United Australia, and it does seem as if we're in a, pan we're in a position, we're in a pandemic, but we're in a position to really make a change um, in the political landscape, you know, the, considering that United Australia is the biggest party now. In the event that someone like Daniel Andrews wants to uh, say, Oh, look, mate, uh, it's, it's too dangerous. Uh, I'm sorry, we can't have the elections. I mean, clearly this sets him up to, to continue another year of insanity and trying to coerce people like you and I to, uh, to stop what we're doing, right? So that's yeah, that's right. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll clarify. So basically RDA as a lobby group can lobby for any party, but we, we're just going to work really closely with the United Australia Party, but we're, we're also working with other minor parties as well. So we're not tied in with any contracts or finances or anything like that, just FYI. But it is a really great time in Australian history for a revolution, a peaceful one, uh, which would be really great. If we can't change the types of people in our parliament house after what we've been through over the last two years on a federal and state level, then Australia, maybe they like being controlled, um, you know. So this is like the last hope for, for us to take our country back. And um, I think this bill, like you said, it's really actually a good thing, I think, because he's, Daniel Andrews in particular is putting on paper his dreams of dictatorship. No one can deny it. And it's it's actually bringing everyone together, vaccinated, unvaccinated, uh, Catholic, Christian, atheist, black, white, Chinese, doesn't matter. This affects everyone. And some of my friends who have been quite quiet this entire time, just kind of laughing at me, are now like, oh my gosh, Monica, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, welcome to the fight, you know, because now it's affecting them. So I think it's actually a devil in disguise. And I think it's going to be the the undoing of Daniel Andrews. And that's the hope that I hold on to. That's a salient point, because I heard you say in a previous interview that 
uh, this exact same point that regardless of what your political alignment is, I mean, if you're someone that believes in racial justice and equality and that kind of stuff, the Black Lives Matter crew, obviously they don't like the idea of being targeted based off the race. If you believe in classic individual rights like freedom of movement, you do, obviously you have a problem with this. So I, when people, I find, understand what's going on, they realize that this thing is not a good idea. But nonetheless, we have people like, well, who is it, Fiona Patton? We still have certain political figures that seem to be showing their support of this thing. So I bring the question to you, what is going on? Is this what Australia has become? I mean, are these the values that we have now? Is human rights something in the past? Maybe I, 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 I didn't get the notebook. Is that, is that somehow <laughs> lost? I mean, what is going on in, in, in Parliament? Why hasn't this guy been kicked out for treason? I, I don't know, and I would love to see that day. But, yeah, everything's been really confused. I mean, I don't like to use the term left and right, but it's just easy to um, to explain. But, like, the left is all about freedom, being non-discriminatory, um, looking after the minority groups, and it all seems to have been flipped on its head um, because they should be protesting with the freedom movement for freedom for everyone. But it seems that the minority groups... Um, like the unvaccinated, for example, um, don't have any rights according to that movement. So it's really strange because they should be protesting with us. And also um, Fiona Patton, I mean, even her own people, which is the sex working industry, have written an open letter to her um, basically saying that they, they don't like this bill either. So her own people are turning against her. The only thing that makes sense to me as to why she would vote for this bill is that she has some sort of deal, whether it's blackmail or whether it's a financial incentive or whether it's mm. some sort of bill that they're going to put through. That's the only thing that makes sense because it doesn't make sense to justify this bill at all. Absolutely. I think you and I are aware that there's a lot more going on here that meets the, uh, the mainstream, you know. But um, look, uh, when it comes down to things we can do to avert this, I know you've been very active. You're working tirelessly. I, I saw your recent um, post on YouTube where you've started an SOS from Australia campaign in order to get the rest of the world campaigning against what is going on here. And it's really interesting. I personally, I love the idea. One criticism I heard, which is interesting, is that uh, some people feel as if Australia, we've never experienced any kind of revolution before. We should be fighting this thing um, on our own. We should be getting our hands dirty, right? But the interesting thing is the media, they're projecting this narrative. When the Americans are protesting, wanting to support us, like in New York, when people like Candace Owens talk about just the, the travesty that has befallen this country, they laugh at her. They laugh at the New Yorkers. So the media are still projecting this idea that everything is fine. And I think this campaign is getting it out to the, the world that, no, we really actually need your help. But what are your thoughts? Do you think perhaps that we need to take um, this thing more seriously ourselves or do we really need to make this a, a global issue? Well, you know, I've been taking this seriously for over a year and um, trying to motivate and empower people to get involved. And let's be honest, it's just enough people aren't getting involved. So, you know, this video obviously was designed for an international audience. Um, of course, the first um, preference would be for Australians to stand up and fight for their own country. And that's obviously what we want to happen. Um, but it's actually it's actually just not happening. It's not enough. Um, you know, there's been protests for a year and some of them have been as small as a couple of hundred, you know. Now that there's no lockdowns, everyone's like, yeah, we're fighting for our rights, you know. But when there's a lockdown again, they'll, they'll all be scared and go home. Um, so it's one thing to say, oh, we need to fight for ourselves. Okay, well, are you, are you doing that? Because I've been here for a year trying to get people to do it. And sorry, but some people have been amazing, obviously. But there's, there's not enough. And so the mission of this SOS 
is to, it's also just to raise awareness as well. Mm-hmm. I, I obviously don't think that a protest in New York is going to change anything in Australia realistically. But what it does do is raise awareness and you never know the sorts of things that will happen when you raise awareness. For example, there could be someone with really high profile in another country, a leader who actually just calls Scott Morrison and says, hey, I've seen this video, what the heck is going on? We don't know what it will achieve, but the, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect something different. We've been doing the same thing for a year over and over again. It's not working. So we're like, let's try something else. Also, on another note, if I incite a protest in Australia, I go back to jail for three months with no questions asked. So I put on my creativity loophole hat and decided to incite a worldwide protest. So there you go. Absolutely. (laughs) I, for one, support the idea. I think it's a brilliant idea because it is about raising awareness. A lot of people think that just talking about this stuff isn't going to resolve the problem, but I personally have the the mindset that the reason this problem is going on is there's so many people that don't want to have this conversation. You're going blue in the face. I saw this meme or little video of this uh, animated GIF where someone's trying to talk to everyone, and as he's trying to talk to everyone, they're all leaving. You know, they're all moving out because no one wants to talk to that person. So it's like you want to share, you want to, you want to unravel this dream spell, and that requires information, requires uh, having raising awareness but unfortunately people don't want to see that we're, we're living in an information war and I think this uh, this campaign is the perfect way to do it so I, I support it entirely I got to ask you though because you're someone that seems like you're you're you're, you're down to earth I mean you you're, you're someone that has recently ri- risen to media attention I know you, you you keep in touch with a lot of people you connected to a lot of people what do you think the Australian people feel in regards to what is going on because if there is a disconnect right now because Democratically speaking, um, we're supposed to be ruled by the people, right? But if we're in a situation where the people on top, these uh, governmentalist cronies, I call them, are making these decisions that do not represent what the people want, that's a situation that we can obviously rectify through the democratic process. But what ha- well, first of all, what do you think people feel about the, the current situation? And then what happens if we do end up going having a, an elections and the people do vote? And the people, because they, for whatever reason, they bought into this narrative that somehow our safety overrides our freedom and this truly democratic system where we respect individual rights. This, this is how I see it. What do we do then? So it's, it's really hard to know what people think because, of course, we all live in an echo chamber to some extent. And also because of censorship, if we had, a, if we had the ability to get to the mainstream media, Facebook didn't ban us, YouTube, et cetera, then people's opinion might be more free. But the problem that I see is that Sometimes people make opinions and they don't actually know where the opinion came from. It actually came from the repetitiveness on the mainstream media, but then they hold this opinion really strongly, so strong that they they won't be told otherwise. So it's really hard to talk to someone who has an opinion that isn't based on anything that they did themselves, but just based on, on, on subliminal messaging, which is just repetition. And also people don't want to see the truth because then everything is a lie and they have to go through that whole process of going down the hall and coming back up and trying to live in normal society, knowing that everything is a lie. Um, so that's what we're struggling to get through to people. And I am, I can't say definitively if I think more than 50% of Australians hate what's going on or not. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. 
um, because the brainwashing has been so successful. And that's why I'm thinking if we can't change anything at the next elections, then maybe Australians actually want a dictator. Maybe they they enjoy being told what to do. Um, on the other side, I, I'm also a religious person, so I believe in God. And I think the absence of God leaves a very big space for someone to find a new hero. I think we all need a hero, someone to look up to. And so that that person might, God is being replaced by government in some, some situations. So people are looking for the government to protect them because there's, there's this big problem that the government has presented to them and they're providing the solutions. Whereas religious people obviously just pray and know that God's going to figure it out and they don't actually have any respect for the government. So actually yeah. a lot of the dissidents are, are, are people who believe in God. But besides that, um, what are we going to do to, um, yeah, with the campaigning coming up, we are going to give it everything we've got. I mean, we're talking like 18-hour days of campaigning and, and posters and, and information about how to vote properly so that your vote actually counts. I don't even know how to vote properly. I'm just finding out now for the first time in my life. Not and there's I. probably a lot. Yeah, there's, yeah, well, we're going to teach you. So we're going to have um, webinars about how to vote. Um, and uh, the voting booths for all the minor parties are going to be packed with people because they're passionate. You can't. You can't buy passion. You know, the Labor Party has to pay for volunteers, okay, which, by the way, isn't a volunteer in that case. But no one, no one's going to have to pay for volunteers for the minor parties because they're going to be packed with people who want to be there and you can't buy that. So I'm really excited for the next election. But if it doesn't work out, then I don't, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah, well, honest. look, I, I do tend to be a fan of the approach that David Icke often talks about, and this is a, a common theme that we're seeing, the, the united non-compliance. And I, I don't even know if you can say this publicly, but there is something to, regardless of what uh, happens within the political space, you know, not complying with unlawful um, mandates and things like that. Because you made a really salient point just earlier about how there's some people that believe in God and, and so forth. And I, I think we get this idea of human rights, individual rights from this, this theme of God-given rights. I mean, there's a famous JFK speech where he talks about how the same issues are still at around the globe you know the belief that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state but from the hand of god and there is this battle where one side is telling you that no we the government get to decide what your rights are and you listen to us because we're doing it for your safety and then this other worldview this is where we get the concept of common law natural justice that says well regardless of the, the government has the only the, the government can only protect your individual rights it can't overstep that and try to keep you safe per se and I think the more you move away from this concept of your rights coming from God, not the, the government, that's where we find ourselves in a situation. I think this is important because where is that you address the, uh, the question in regards to what happens if we don't uh, change the general uh, consensus, you know, perhaps you, you, know, you don't know what we do. But I, I think on some level, you have to realize that this is how I look at it, that you own yourself and like it's your duty not to comply with things that are unlawful because we've had things like this throughout history, right? Like good people. I, I know your, your friend Tofa, he has a t-shirt I saw, it was absolutely brilliant, says good people break bad laws. And you think about, I make reference to this all the time, a few hundred years ago of African uh, Americans uh, in West Virginia, Virginia were, were obviously hunted and people would be fined a thousand dollars and have to spend six months in jail if they did not hunt these, uh, these runaway slaves. And that was the law there. So if we apply that to the situation now, do we say we do something like that because the majority of people vote for that? Or do we say, well, this is wrong. I'm not doing that. Well, I think we all need to create our own lines in the sand. And I think we should do that as soon as possible. So once you have a very definitive, I won't cross this line, 
It doesn't matter who tells you to cross that line. You won't do it. It also doesn't matter if you get threatened with death because you've decided, no, I'm not crossing that line. I think that's that actually gives you a lot of peace. So I know people who don't want the vaccine, for example, and they would rather starve to death. And and I'm not that's pretty dramatic, but I'm not saying that everyone needs to do that. But for, for certain reasons, you should have your own line in the sand. The government should not create what where your line is. And they they can't take away your rights and then give them drip drip feed them back to you. Um, so I think within ourselves, we all know what, where our lines are, but we really need to actually contemplate it, even write it down and just figure it out because then we'll be at peace and we'll know what to do when we come up against these things. Well said, well said. So finally, just in regards to how this is affecting your family, your relationships, because I, I think a lot of people don't get to see that side of things. People have different theories and what, what you're doing, what you're, you're dealing with. And I, I, I know personally that, well, I'm going through a lot of issues right now with my family because these are such controversial, uh, tumultuous issues. What's it been like for you? Are you finding that this is breaking friendships? How people change their attitude towards you since you become perhaps more um, outspoken and more of a public figure in regards to what's going on? Well, I somehow already had surrounded myself with people who agree agree with me, which is good and bad, because I, I haven't actually felt the division within my close circles like other people have, so I can't actually empathise with that. Um, I can say, though, on another level, obviously me becoming more outspoken and having a bit of a profile around this has been really difficult for my family. I, I was living, living with my family when I got arrested and they raided my brother's house with five children um, more than once and they even um, interrogated the four-year-old son um, while the mother and father weren't looking, uh, which is totally illegal, and asked questions about me to a four-year-old kid. And um, we've had people stalking the house and things like that. So I I'm going a bit off topic of, of where you where you went, but that's how that's it's relevant. affected my family. And, and some of my family are leaving the state because of because of all this and I've, I've been uh, very close to my family for the last decade we've all lived in the same area and um, they're all leaving so that's affecting me uh, personally um, so on that level I can I can I, I know what that's like but um, and of course some a young person in my family um, took a medical procedure that they didn't want um, just so that they could go to pubs and things like that and that was really hard for our family to deal with because we knew that they didn't want to do that you know mm -hmm. um, so that's difficult and um, of course I know uh, friends of, of mine who you know whose wife has had to do that do the injection and and it's so I know all about that but um actually my friends all agree with me so yeah well that's 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 great to hear you know I think it's really yeah. important right now to surround yourself with people that are on the same wavelength, just for your own peace of mind. I mean, you love your family, but you can't always tolerate them. You know what I mean? And I always say that the, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. You know, it's this idea. People always say that uh, blood is thicker than water, but it actually comes from this idea that, you know, in times of uh, difficulty, you have to stand for what you believe in, find people that are actually in line with what you believe in. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I really want to say to you is that I, I love the fact that you are out there doing what you're doing because one of the, the big arguments I had with my, my friends recently was that there, there aren't many women out leading the way, you know, paving the way for truth right now. And I think you, I always make reference to people like yourself. And I know there are many of them out there, like Marie, Marie Z. Uh, I have plenty of friends like there's Layla Melke, but there's so many of them out there. And I also get things like, oh, I don't see many black guys that are standing against what's going on, you know? Why is that? But I think the fact that we are here shows that this thing really is not about, it's not about sex. It's not about race. It's about, I say it's about freedom, you know? And people always try to uh, 
put, pigeonhole you into a particular category like, oh, you must be an anti-vaxxer or you must mm-hmm. be uh, a feminist or something like that. When reality, this is about this. This issue is something that should be uniting us all under Australian values. Right. It's about freedom. Isn't this, this what the ANZAC fought for? So um, I just want to say thank you for doing what you're doing. I love the fact that um, I've, I've listened to many of your videos and you, you make this a very um, relatable thing. You bring this back to how you're going to feel about yourself, your own sense of self-respect. And I think a lot of people uh, are, are missing that, that ultimately you have to think about how you're going to feel because you lose a bit of yourself, right? Each time you give in to the tyranny that's going on. But yeah. um, uh, I, I, actually, I want to I want to say something sure. really cool that someone just said that's going to really relate to what you just said. Okay. How it doesn't ma- matter about race and things like that. Hey, um, it's a it's a it's a a black guy um, in Queensland. His name is Tricky, and he said this really cool thing that just really resonated with me. Uh, it just made a lot of sense coming from him. He said, "If if if we were to fight together for freedom, I would even fight with a racist." He said, "I don't care because right now." Our freedom is the most important thing. And once we get our freedom back, then we can go back to being however we are before, which I'm not saying is a good thing. But Mm. that's how far he said he would go to unite with anyone who has the common cause of freedom. So let's let's forget about the petty stuff and not saying that that's petty, but you know what I mean. Um, I know exactly what you mean. we, We can go back to doing that once we have our freedoms back to actually fight those things, because without freedom, we can't fight anything. So yeah. yeah. One, one of my favorite political figures, Ron Paul makes this point about how once you lose your, uh, your freedom of, of what you can put in your body, your own personal bodily autonomy, then it's a, it's a slippery slope to losing everything else. I mean, what next? I mean, if you can force someone to inject something, why not force them to, uh, to, to have children and, and so forth. And we, we go down this uh, very slippery slope to, well, we're in 1984. I think you know what I mean. But um, yeah, I do. Yeah, anyway, Monica, thank you so much for being you. Thank you for your time. I know you're really busy. So I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on a smaller channel like, like mine. I'm going to be posting this across the interwebs. And I, I really look forward to, uh, well, to you inspiring people around the world with what you're doing. Hopefully we can, I, I believe that, you know, we will win this fight. I always say that the, uh, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it always bends towards justice. We may have to uh, fight a battle more than once to win it. Yeah. We will win. It's just, it might get really messy, but we will win. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Monica, uh, I'll put your, your contacts, your links. Everyone knows where to find you, Reignite Democracy. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, be, be sure to check it out and uh, keep paving the way. Keep fighting the good fight. God bless you, Monica. God bless you too. Thank you. I